caught that that's a new uh thing gauge is trying out very very low low testosterone low energy years all across the nation what's up everybody live from baltimore baltimore it's the art pros with me gauge b and and it's me Rensby. here i am live in audio with gauge b What's up, everyone? It's been a while. Um, it's 2020, and the I think the last episode that we put out was the immaculately produced Thanksgiving special. Is that correct, Renz? No, we, we put out the Thanksgiving one as well, didn't we? Or is that... Yeah, that's the same one I was talking about. Oh, wait. For some reason, I heard you say uh, Halloween in my mind. All the holidays. Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, we did Halloween. We did Thanksgiving. Just to give y'all a little reminder, we're out here, we're working. Honestly, we're kind of uh, we're kind of scared. That's why we didn't even touch the 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 winter holidays because I'm I'm not tough enough to take on the uh, Merry Christmas versus Happy Hanukkah versus superb Kwanzaa conversations. That's just too deep. That's a little too rough for the art pros. We like to keep it lighthearted. So, all right, hold on a second, Gage. I just realized something. We've been out of the studio so long in the hyperbolic time chamber that we forgot to put up one of our sound, uh, high-tech soundproofing devices. That's why it sounds so weird. Oh, right, is got, that got, it? Is it. that it? All right, yeah, all right. It. Well, yeah, I'll just, I guess I'll just riff while you, while you fix this. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Just a second. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, everyone. So what I need you to know right now before Renz gets back is that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, obviously. Everyone is aware of that. Also, you should investigate 9-11. That's a terrifying thing. Is there too much fluoride in the tap water? I think that there might be. Alex Jones was replaced by the same guy that replaced Michael Jackson before they killed the second replacement, Michael Jackson, which is just absolutely terrifying. Now, here's one thing you didn't know about the holidays is that Christmas was originally a pagan holiday where they would burn trees and chill with their bros which i know you already do now welcome 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 to the art pros gage where do you want me to put these backstreet boys posters just throw them out dude just throw them out <laughs> i'll take them <laughs> if you don't want them. all right got it up there you go christmas can be why didn't we do that beforehand it's a little thing called uh uh banter comedy forming the narrative yeah look at that how much better does that sound i mean yeah i'm i'm, I'm behind the uh, headphones right now gage likes to keep it natural and i respect him for that so <laughs> welcome everybody we are the art pros podcast welcome back sorry for the intermission you can find us at www.artprospodcast.com if this is your first podcast uh art pros podcast episode Go ahead and check back on everything else. This is a might be a little advanced. We might be referring to a bunch of things that you might not have heard yet, and it's worth it. They're very educational and very funny. Also, we have an Instagram. Yeah, paid.artist. Um, 
So the Art Pros Podcast, this is technically the beginning of season two, although it's more of a relaxed fit episode. I stole that from other podcasts that is more popular than ours. Um, So we're just going to be riffing. It's been a while since Renz and I have been in the same room trying to to stir up some controversy, make some, some... delectable content for you guys now we we're, we're trying to expand upon this idea that we have a podcast that's for people who like art who are sick of art stuff right um hmm, how do i put this in a nutshell i'd say it's a little mix of uh comedy uh, as i mentioned a little bit of education a little bit of satire a little bit of shit talking a little bit more shit talking and just for posterity you're gonna want to garnish it with some more uh shit talk after it comes out of the oven we are the top tech review podcast on (laughs) itunes right now okay um we're really good at laughing at our own jokes welcome back yeah you know i mean this is technically you know the real vision of this was how do we we were sitting there together in the boardroom and we decided how do gage gage how do we Make art education less gatekeeper-y. How do we make it real AF? How do we make it uh, delicious for, uh, you know, the common Zoomer? Yes, that is our target demographic, is the common Zoomer. (laughs) Or uh, the post-millennial. You know, Generation Z. Or zilch, yeah. mm-hmm. cause they ain't got shit on the millennials. What's up, millennial <laughs> gang, baby? Okay. Um. So what do we? All right, all right. So uh, this is season two, we're calling it, but technically it's like episode thirty-five or something like that. Uh, like, um, yeah, thirty-seven. We're in the thirties. We're doing good. We're doing hot. It is almost um, one year, almost our one-year anniversary, babe. It is. I know, and um, it's been a really great. Uh, time and you know I, I never thought that I would ever meet somebody like you and um, well, uh, in March in two more months um, it's going to be official it's going to be official everyone so now that we've weeded out the non-believers and many have left us we're happy to say welcome back interns welcome back it's a, it was a while it was a while I hope that you all were uh Waiting in anticipation for this. Um, so let's begin. What are we going to talk about today? I guess we can talk about the past couple months, right? Catch <sighs> everyone up. What do you think about that? Like art, art pro adjacent stuff. As you know, as two professional artists sharing our knowledge. You can go. I don't have anything for that. I'd right. rather just. You, well, what have you been doing, Renz? All right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll debrief everybody from. So, it's been a busy past month. It's been a busy December. Uh, October and November was a lot of planning for Gage and I for what we're doing now, what we're, you know, curriculum, if you will. Uh, this is advanced level or intermediate level courses that we're offering to our interns and listeners and students and, and people passionate about the art world. People that, people are, who are, I don't want to pay for those damn tuition fees. Those are the type of people that we're, you know, providing this information for. Oh, let me add a quick caveat. I've actually switched hmm. sides. So last season, I would have said $60,000 is too much for any regular person to pay, you know, per year 
to learn art at an elite art institution. You should listen to the art pros. But I've switched sides. I'm actually on on the side of of wealth. I think that unless you're wealthy, stay the fuck out of my art game. Right? I you know, I went down to Florida and I saw Bugattis, I saw Mar a Lago up close and personal. I I swear I could smell Donald Trump's feet. Um, I saw Palm Beach Island where Mar a Lago is located. And all I could think was, yeah, you know what? I don't want poor people in my art world. And I think that 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 sentiment really mirrors a lot of arts institutions that the art pros would like to emulate, or at least this half of the art pros. So for now on, Gage hates poor people. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that must be why, uh, I mean... If I say I agree, that means I hate myself. So, um, I don't know. But, Work on your Maserati skills, brother. Uh, you know, it'll take time until we make um, friends' money off of this podcast. You know, it's our ultimate goal is to make a million dollars each an episode at least. That would be really, <laughs> really difficult. I mean, I don't even think Anish Kapoor gets paid that much to come up with whirlpools in the floor sculpture. I mean, those. That's rich. You know, that's that's exactly the demographic that you appeal. Uh, you know, that yeah. appeals to you, though. True. That so, is true. It's a, it's a spectacle. It's a contained spectacle, and that's what the museums are, aren't they? So, so I, I think Renz's point was, you could listen to the art pros if you want a high quality, high class podcast on art education. That isn't going to cost you sixty thousand dollars, but I only want people who could afford that to listen just being real just just being me (laughs) look you know all right here's here's a real deal right you don't have to be rich to be an artist you have to be rich to study art and it's it can be a little off-putting to think about uh the that type of gatekeeping and i mean uh, is it um financial gatekeeping kind you know kind of thing like for for a fine artist to only be considered fine art if they're uh trained and uh either talented or have enough income to get that training because otherwise you're just going to be called an outsider artist yeah all right um but anyways i mean uh, when's the last time you saw like crayon drawings in a museum Cy Twombly and sure sure basquiat i mean uh basquiat yeah yeah basquiat okay yeah 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 When's the last time you saw a colored pencil drawing of Nikes in a museum? Colored pencil drawing of Nikes? I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of, uh, what's that guy? Devin Troy thing? No, he does cutouts, doesn't he? Devin Troy does cutouts. Yeah. Can Dave Wiley uses oil paint? I don't know. Maybe he's used colored pencil once or twice. What's, what's that guy Jeff Koons use? Is his, are his materials cheap? Um, absolutely not. He uses, uh, 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 underpaid labor that's his material of choice oh okay what about um what about like you know okay you know what has to be cheap and definitely isn't gatekeeping because like i don't think that that wealth you know that there's a wealth barrier for arts anymore like like what about people who become famous for doing like big paintings on canvases i mean it's just like some oil paint and like a you know, some wood and some fabric, you know, like an eight by four painting or a 28 by four foot painting. Like how much could that possibly cost? 
Oh, that could possibly cost a whole side of your room. You know, because space is very expensive. Oh, shit. So your real estate is, again, you know, that could possibly, uh, uh, that could cost you uh, upwards to at least eight seventeen thousand five ninety. Really? At least. But North Dakota, it's like, like you could get like a 4,000 square foot warehouse space for like $200 a month. Why is it? Is it is it really that pricey? Like, do you need to be in New York or Chicago or or L.A. to get into these 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 gallery shows and these museums? Well, the problem with that is that in South Dakota, your next neighbor might be four hundred thousand square miles away. If you're going <laughs> to show your art to people online. Oh, um, that, is that the best market? Uh, what? south dakota yeah no people online people online is a horrible market <laughs> oh, because okay. you're pretty much just posting your art for free and most people are going to be satisfied looking at that who are you know you're the the instead of going to the museum these these new zoomers as as we call them these new millennials are just using insta museum you know what i mean it's a digital mini museum in your palm or a, a augmented reality tours are going to be uh, the next big thing, apparently, maybe you could, you know, wowzers. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing world we live in. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. I mean, South Dakota might not be a bad place for an augmented reality artist. They could just augment the reality of their situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's know? probably a good spot. Yeah. Um, it would be nice and. I, I mean, I'm a nature lover, so. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. I didn't know art costs so much to participate in or that wealth might be a, a gatekeeping mechanism for, for art. What about like learning what about learning how to talk to people who are high up in the art world? Is that an expensive thing typically? Oh, that is the most expensive thing that you could possibly learn. Because that is why you're this fine art training is so required because learning how to talk to people in the art world, it is esoteric. You need to learn a special language. You need to learn, first of all, if you do not know, before we continue, this is a little uh, test for the any new listeners. If you don't know what ephemeral means yet, go look it up in the dictionary. Stop listening right now. You know, this is, go listen to earlier episodes first. You're, you're a little ahead of the textbook, you know? um please no disrespect but that's that's the type of stuff that you need to know to converse with a high level maximum uh efficiency brain s plus tier mind of an <laughs> artist a prof a real art pro like gage and i this is what makes our podcast valuable it is because we are translators we are the rosetta stone of the fine art world we don't we're, we're breaking down these barriers because we're dumb enough to be able to do that we, we, we you know we got into art school by pretending to be smart and you know what i mean it's just we're, we're, we're like the robin hoods if there was ever an industry that you could fail upwards in i i'd have to guess it's art i just can't imagine another industry where it's easier to fail upwards into because I, I think that there's this magical thing about the art industry where the less someone understands you, the less your peers around you understand you, but the more content you put out at the same time as that, the smarter they're going to think you are. That sounds like you're describing an early 2000s like punk band or something like that. 
Oh, you mean birthday candles. What? Yeah. What's that? That was my favorite early 2000s punk band. I've never heard of them. They're pretty sick. They wrote happy birthday. Oh. Yeah, and the wheels <laughs> on the bus go round and round. It's like, yeah, it's like Green Day. You know, nobody understands the teenagers who listen to Green Day. No. But they put out enough content. Next thing you know, boom, American Idiot comes out. <laughs> Bam. Is Billie Eilish this generation's Green Day? Who's that? I'm not, you know, oh, I'm not. You're a millennial, bro. No, Damn. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm like, I'm right smack in the middle, probably of that. Billie Eilish kind of. I know the Sounds name. like if Avril Lavigne had uh, the guy who does Migos production do her production. Um, so like Billie Eilish is. Oh my is, god! I know who you're talking. About. Yeah, she makes music like Tori Amos. If Tori Amos liked uh dubstep but it was a little too aggressive for her for her brand um that makes sense no i've heard of that i now i know exactly who you're talking about the name is very familiar I that like means Billie that Eilish. person's famous yeah it's yeah. very popular yeah decent music you know it's good um so on the topic of music since we're on it you know we're riffing today we gotta get loose take a few warm-up shots you don't know? let anyone ever tell you you can't make goopy paintings, and don't let anyone ever tell you you need to have a point in a podcast. <laughs> so what were we talking about? We were talking about Billie Eilish. We were talking about punk music. And boom, Renz loses his train of thought. I forgot what I was going to mention. I was thinking that we could kind of do a breakdown of all the things that are gatekeepy in okay. the art world. Like just, you know, it's episode one of season two, and... There's a lot of people who listen who, you know, they're kind of on the fringes of the art world. They may even be very talented artists, but there's a huge difference between being a practical member of art society, you know, high society, which I'm a part of now, um, and being an artist. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Thanks, yeah, brother. Congratulations. I'm literally at the end of a dying art, everybody. It's crazy. So the place that I work at, and I'll get off this in a second, maybe get on it later, oh, is closing down. I, I work at, at a wonderful foundry. We make you know bronze sculptures, monuments, and it's closing down, and it's not the only one. The art of large-scale bronze sculpture is dead, and I know a lot of you are sitting there laughing. Haha, you make fun of art so much. You fucking deserve it, you piece of shit. But you know what? It's crazy to be at the end of an industry. I You know, I started this job thinking that... Um, you know, I'd leave in like a month. I was like, Ugh, bronze sculpture. That's fucking corny. What, are, what am I going to do next? Work at a ceramic studio? Blah. Mm. Um, mm. But, you know, you fall in love with craft. Uh, well, some people fall in love with craft. Some people fall in love with sucking curator dick. But, the, you know, those are two different things. Um, oh. Yeah, it's just like really, really sad. I wanted to share that with you guys. But back on topic, what is gatekeepy? What what's you know like what what's what's the bouncer of the arts industry so if you somehow slithered past the first test and somehow figured out what ephemeral meant <laughs> say first time listening i hope you were paying attention gage mentioned that gatekeeping is bouncery which means that there's you know an inherent definition of somebody protecting 
whatever it is that needs to be protected. In this case, the art world. So what is it? What is gatekeeping? Who's protecting the art world? Why does it need to be protected? I disagree with that. I think art should be accessible for everybody, but it's not going to be accessible until those two terms that we just said earlier, one being fine art and the other being outsider art, are just destroyed. Or maybe it requires a person to have a perspective of why either is called either but that takes a lot more steps than just saying art everything to be art you know everything deserves to be a muse in a museum and called art despite uh your training prior training okay and off of that i think that one of the main things that are being gate kept is the valuation of said art and with what i just explained obviously the value of fine art sounds more expensive and important than somebody's outsider art you know just the branding name in and of itself you're gonna you might recognize a name louis vuitton would you rather have a louis vuitton purse or a kirkland purse from costco yeah some people might be practical yeah even if they had thousands of dollars yeah the costco were thing works fine and you know, I'm just gonna get it dirty and nasty and you got the person going oh it's not good enough for me I need something to make myself feel better and distinguish myself from other people in society hmm. the irony being that they both carry your iPhone hmm. Hmm. what's what's interesting about that analogy is that the Louis Vuitton purse when when you meet someone as I have many all my friends when you meet people who are so wealthy that they prefer a Louis Vuitton purse or a Chanel bag or or Gucci belt. They'll come up with all these reasons as to why it's more valuable. And, and sometimes it's valid reasoning. Sometimes it's something like, look, you know, Gucci himself raised, raised this cow. Uh, he injected the cow's DNA with some incredible leather production jeans uh using a crisper and he killed the cow himself and all of that labor to me means that this is an object of love and also the stitching is a little bit better it doesn't break after after three years you know I, I can keep this belt forever but a lot of times they'll reason it uh completely differently and the that's analogous to fine art because people will make all sorts of backwards jumps and conclusions when looking at an artwork that's valued at 10 million dollars just to support that value. Almost like they came up with the estimate of what they think it should be worth first and then now need to reason that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard topic. It's a hard topic to cover. It is. I I believe that it is something that is difficult to avoid. I believe that it is something that happens naturally because there are things in nature that occur naturally. They're more rare and... Uh, create its own value for us you know like gold gold isn't easy to find at all it's beautiful it has this weird power to make people want it our first forms of currency used precious items mainly because it was difficult to find it you know the colonialism one of the main reasons for that was to search for these valuable items most of it was labor and land but gold was also one of those things, right? So 
it seems like a natural thing to me for that same value, that same precious item, to be applied to something man-made, like a painting. And there's the other distinction of fine art and craft that I think is, is very interesting, too. Because you could have a valuable painting, millions and millions of dollars, someone very well-trained, it's beautiful, cost, million, you know, a lot of money. Like and then 40 you, yen. At least. At least, you know, triple digits in yen. Uh, and then you could have a craftsman, a fine metal worker who could make the this beautiful uh, bronze sculpture, metal, steel sculpture, whatever. And that could cost a little bit, a little bit less because it's not fine art; it's a craft. You know, people will coin this this term. It's like the same thing as branding Kirkland versus Coach. Hmm. I that's how I feel about it. It's kind of it's crazy to me. Yeah, and it's it's weird how like I think that the original distinction between art and craft was that art played to that part of people's brain that I think is linked to the soul. It, it did that thing where you saw something and you identified with it in an inexplicable way, whereas craft was something that you could observably see was well made and cool. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that plays to the soul. Like sometimes seeing like the natural harmony of a material and a craftsman's hands executed into making something, sometimes that can play to the rules of art and sometimes fine art, uh, a goopy painting, which I've made a million of, uh, can feel like nothing. So not even the craft is there. But because it's on a square canvas and we have this long drawn out history of, uh, you know, this is what fine art looks like, people will value it. Exactly. I definitely agree with that. And I, one of the major reasons I agree with that is it, it's like those SAT questions. Um, I, in, in our logic, within our logic, it sounds like fine art is always craft but craft is not always fine art so is that whether or not that's true i don't know doesn't really matter it just makes things more confusing to continue talking about that to be honest but personally i've made a discovery in the end of 2019 what was that while we were taking our break did being hyperbolic and being art professionals for a little bit and that was my realization that maybe i'm more of a crafter than an artist oh that's deep brother it's deep because i discovered the wonderful world of woodworking and it is very nice it's nice to focus on what the end product's going to look like without having this weird burden of concept being applied to it you know back in the day you know 1800s 1700s true true bc roman days people were celebrated for their craft skills by being able to sculpt a perfect rendering with marble of a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I shouldn't have laughed at that. It's not funny. I mean, you look at this amazing statue of David. I admit I've only seen it in my Instagram museum app. I call it a museum sometimes because you can look at tons of art on it. Like it's a little mini museum. And memes. Oh, goodness. Yeah, you know, 
those those men, they were craftsmen, but they were also fine artists. Wow, very then, fine. Yeah, it's, it's a little different today. Sure, you can go to a uh, atelier school, get the same kind of training. It's just not, it's not in. It's not hip. Then have that streetwear vibe to it, you know. You know what that stuff had though, like that that old uh, that old fine art and craft, you know that that cross section, the the tiny the really well sculpted marble tiny penises of of Mike Michelangelo. Um, there was like a suspension of disbelief, right? Like like this moment where people could almost like it was done so well. This is the artistry of it. It was done so well that people literally were able to believe that it was a person, if not for the material. I'm not going to lie. That was one of the first few things as a young, a teenager, that I was amazed by. That stone? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, how did they do that with their hands type of thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then I took an art history class in community college, and I saw the Dadaist painters. Who put and it? And I was like, oh my god, you can get that weird? You know, How people, did you do that with your brain? Like, yo, that fine art is a toilet, bro. That's crazy. Dude, you know what's crazy about, like, getting really deep into this art shit, brother, is like... <sighs> man, you start to look at stuff, and you lose that. You lose that sense of, how did you do that? But how did you do that? I used to look at everything and be like, how did you fucking do that? Now, like, because of HGTV, I walk into houses that are amazing. I'm like, wow, you did some wood framing and you put up some drywall and you painted it. Good fucking job. Oh, you laid some fucking bricks down and threw some mortar in between each layer. Good job. Obviously, I don't know how to do those things, but I know how they did it. There's no suspension of disbelief. You don't think of it as art. It's a fucking pain, isn't it? To look at yeah. stuff and be like... It's an unfortunate uh, uh, result of adulthood and growing up. I remember back in the day when I didn't know shit about adulthood. I just wanted to stay up all night and watch adults swim, eat candy, and drive a car. Play flash games, be like, how did they do that? Yeah, I wanted to not be nervous by lying about my age when I visited websites. Oh, Nowadays, yeah. I look at art, I look at craft, and I'm thinking to myself about how much time it took to do that. You know what I mean? Because it's not a matter... At some point, you realize it's not a matter of can or cannot. It's a matter of do I want to spend hours and hours learning how to do this and making it nicely. And that changes the perspective. It changes the majesty of the art. It changes that... that magnificence of my god how did that man sculpt those perfect wrinkles on those balls you know what i mean <laughs> it's marble you know you're used to that shit being flattened on top of your counter not a finely rendered teenage boy you know what i still see and i'm like wow how did they do that those sculptures at the tips of number two pencils oh my god the ones just... done with just like needles and shit oh <sighs> I'm just like, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah, dude. I mean, you got to invest in a $10,000 espresso machine. You need one of those. You just get like a $90 Adderall prescription. I don't know, bro. Yeah, or you get one of them from the... the uh... Uh, I wanted... That. All right, I'm going to cut that. Is that what you no, were going to say? That's what I was going to say. It just didn't really oh, pan out. Oh, bro.
No, right. people could read that so wrong. God, dude, I hope you don't cut that out. Just bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, yeah. Cut cut it out. We live in Baltimore. Yeah, no, I'm going <laughs> to, so if you're, if you're wondering why we're cracking up right now, I said something uh, very accidentally stupid. Um, so let's just, you know, we're just going to keep, keep on trucking. Ren's made an accidental prejudice. Uh, happened. We just lost like five minutes. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Um, so back to the topic of finally rendered wrinkly balls of a teenage boy named David. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate craft a lot. I, I actually kind of enjoy doing uh, life drawings, which is what you do when you sit down and you copy something in front of you how i learned how to draw and it's very close to my heart and that to me is a definitely a craft you sit there and you you, you figure out how to make something look you got an end goal yeah a specific objective end goal i want to make this look as much as that like that can as possible which is why when i first started getting interested in uh fine arts i was looking at John Singer Sargent, a very famous portrait artist. I thought that dude was amazing at painting. Whoa, how'd you do that? Yeah, now I'm thinking about conceptual artists after my fine art training, thinking, whoa, why did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Once you make that once you make that flip into why did you do that, you know you've reached adulthood as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like something. really sad. You spent all this time like a child being like, Wow, how did you do that? And then you hit, why did you do that? And like from there, everyone else you talk to who's already at that, why did you do that level is either insufferable or they don't make art anymore. And it's just like really disappointing. Um, it's crazy too. I, I think that like the goal of fine art, like high, high level art is probably, I, I think you, I feel like you could measure the success of an art object by whether or not you can make adults think how did you do that you know what i mean like isn't that that i feel like that's the goal of like fine art at this point i want to yeah i like i like that idea and i agree with it i want to uh share something that a well-known curator in baltimore city once told me i'm not going to say their name without permission was it me <sighs> supposed to tell no it wasn't it wasn't gauge uh, almost almost that well known but this man said that um, he was going to talk about curation. He's a very respected curator in town, amongst the most respected. And he told me, what you want to do if you want to curate art, and curating art, if you don't know, if you've snuck past two of art tests and you're still listening, curating is uh, this, it'd be intentionally arranging a selected group of artists and artworks to demonstrate and create a narrative about an important or meaningful concept okay so this person said that one of the most important things to consider as a curator when you're collecting these works is to ask yourself is my great aunt sally gonna understand this not a painter no formal art training whatsoever watches Watches HGTV, the gauge, HSN, um, CNN, probably, or maybe Fox News, who knows. All the alphabets. The great Aunt Sally's got a, 
you gotta understand it. You, your Filipino aunt should, my Filipino aunt should understand it. Yeah. If you cannot do that, then you gotta ask yourself if you're a good curator. Who are you actually curating for? How much are you considering your audience? Is your audience just people who understand the fine art world? Is that what you care about? Or is your audience going to be people who you want to understand it in the general public, like people like Great Aunt Sally. So art can be a very powerful tool for sharing knowledge and information. It is very powerful. So Yeah, and that's one of those gatekeepy things is that a lot of people who curate um, curate without caring whether, you know, that random dude, we could call him like, drudge or something um not caring if drudge's aunt sally can understand what they curate artists not caring whether drudge's aunt sally can understand what they made and that's not to say that that aunt sally is stupid or doesn't understand any of these rent like any of these things you know that fucking 21 to 34 year olds are making that's just to say that people are making things and hosting shows that are intentionally gatekeepy from Aunt Sally. They, they require an understanding of some fucking niche concept that people read in a Deleuzian text or read or understand because they took three classes in critical feminist theory. And it's just not... That's just not the point of art, I don't think. But maybe I'm being gatekeepy to the gatekeepers. Who knows? But I think that if you were, have required reading for your art, you probably should have wrote something. <laughs> well, um, you know, I thought that that was just a metaphor and analogy uh, that this well-known curator told me. But actually, he one day said that you know what great aunt sally is actually a real person oh thank god and um i'm so sick of metaphors and analogies you, just how did you do that that's all i care about yeah <laughs> but they told me they were like uh, after they learned that we had a podcast they said so you know great aunt sally would like you know why don't why don't you invite her to be on the podcast that would be a pretty cool thing to do and i might just reach back out and see if that's still a possibility. We should get Great Aunt Sally on the podcast. We should get Uncle Junjun on the podcast. <laughs> we should get Tita Joey on the podcast. If any of you have random family members who don't make art who want to get on our podcast, I'd much prefer to talk to them than any of you fucking interns. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't have a big enough fan base for me to be alienating any of you. I'd love to talk to anyone who wants to get on the podcast, but having a perspective on art from someone who doesn't make art is probably entertaining and if not entertaining useful to people who do make art um i'm, I'm pulling back that the fedora right now i'm taking off the fedora and being honest with you guys <laughs> it's important to understand the perspective of people who don't make art and i know you're sitting there being like all right you patronizing fuck like i get it oh i've never talked to someone who doesn't make art before but really like if you a lot of people get usurped or slurped 
No, up you into... slurp. <laughs> you slurp. Um, a lot of people get slurped up into this like real fine arts world shit and stop giving a fuck. They may be aware that the the lay person doesn't understand their work, but a lot of people get slurped up into it and like forget that that's the audience for art. Like you may have this ideal fine arts audience of like intelligent people or woke people or educated people but you know take some time and think like like my mom doesn't understand it haha that's the big joke at art school right is like oh my mom would think i'm crazy for making this stuff maybe there's a point to that maybe you know your mom isn't some random connecticut housewife like she's had a whole life of experience you know she's someone that you could reach with your artwork and you're choosing not to in order to impress a bunch of fucking teenagers on the internet so i transferred into my art school from community college humble beginnings i like to say (laughs) (laughs) this is one of the weirdest moments that i had in uh one of my first classes um so you gotta understand in this situation i'm coming from a state-funded school getting paid to go to school pretty much with my grant money that i received from the government and shouts out to the government thank you very much for paying for my education yeah dude the government helping me survive because of medicaid amen brother um so i was in this class it was called um some theory class this classroom we're sitting around and critiquing things that we've read wait let me guess critical theory yes no 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 it wasn't it wasn't that it was like a junior year level okay version very critical theory extremely critical oh, yes god yes. damn so it's so critical that it went past the the whole loop of, and, and now it's arbitrary theory uh yes so arbitrary theory so we're you know we're doing that thing where you're sitting around in a circle and you're introducing yourself to everybody and you know the person facilitating the classroom is always going to ask something some or you know to engage the classroom sometimes they might ask you something like oh you know uh do you have any uh questions or comments that you'd like to add when you introduce yourself you know so students went around the room it was my turn i said something like well you know i'm a transfer student blah 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 i'm from san diego my name is renz i moved here and uh i just wanted to learn what everybody else thought of uh, if, if everybody else could share their definition of what is art to me, because I just want to know. And I got the weirdest, like, looks from people, like, oh my god, this dude, like, it almost felt like they were kind of sick of talking about it, because they'd already <laughs> been at that school for two years. And mind you, I hadn't been, you know, I had to learn what art was on my own, which is a whole different thing, and have this institution to describe what it is to me. That was just strange to me because nobody really f- seemed like they wanted to answer it and except for like one or two people. Do you think that they were taken aback by this idea that you're at art school and they're all artists and you know they refuse to accept the fact that art is really complicated and that they probably couldn't describe what it means to them because they had never really thought about it? <sighs> I... <laughs> That might have been a possibility. They were just sitting there like, like, oh, I'm a fucking expert. Uh, why would I even explain it to you? 
Well, I mean, at that point, I, was, I wasn't in my environment, you know? I was used to being in a public school. Yeah. So I'm in there. <laughs> I felt like a little... I felt like a caterpillar, and I needed a cocoon and burst from my... And, and, and grow the same type of wings that they had. Listen, you know, I brother. I felt like othered. You were a caterpillar trying to become a butterfly, and you were surrounded by aphids. All right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really feel disrespected in general because, I mean, as I wandered around the studios, which were on the same floor as our classroom, I was, you know, greeted by a bunch of the people in the classroom, and you know, they were nice enough to talk to me. Could have been because I was like, you know, browsing around and peeping into their studios and talking to them too but i don't know did anyone ever answer your question though what is art what is your opinion of art they couldn't even come up with their own opinion of art rents they could but it just seemed cookie cutter it just seemed like a lot of a lot most of the people in the classroom sounded like they were describing something rehearsed well in my first arbitrary theory class we found out that art is really just anything that you can convince a curator to put into a show Right? Right? Am I right, teacher? <laughs> uh, Excuse me, professor, am I right? See, that's the, that was an interesting... It, it, it's a culture shock. Huge culture shock. And this is why, you know, it's a lot of the allure of starting this, this Art Pros podcast uh, curriculum is having the perspective of being in a room of people going to a painting class after work because my painting classes were like six to six p.m like whatever usually yeah, four four to ten yeah, there's a lot of like retired lawyers people with nice jobs it was san diego you know people wanted to learn how to paint they finally finished their careers they wanted to retire they're finally going to do this hobby that they were passionate about their whole life instead of doing it backwards like me yeah <laughs> i started my hobby first and now i'm scrambling to find a career so i'm just I'm joking, uh, <laughs> but I'm still sad. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I'm fine. I'm an art professional in IRL. Um, yeah, maybe one day you'll get to put on one of their shows. When I'm 75, I will be making lawyer money given to me by Social Security paid for by the Zoomers. <laughs> Thank you, Zoomers. <laughs> maybe. I don't know enough about the government or Zoomers to assume that, but... Yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting to to be in a room for full of common folk who actually want to learn how to paint and who maybe consider it as a craft, even if they might not define it as that. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe they do believe that this thing they're doing is fine art, even though what they're actually doing is described as a craft in the fine art, the real fine art world. Yeah, you'll find like a lot of young artists are fucking irritating. Well, I find that. And it's mostly because I'm irritating, so they treat me in kind. Wait, I no. I can't stand listening to you, dude. Yeah, it dude, no, it's sick. the worst. Um, <laughs> no, you meet a lot of young people, myself included, uh, that make art, who, like, do it. They don't appreciate the craft aspect of it because they got all these ideas that they need to fucking squirt into the world, like... Uh, Almost like, almost like how people need to masturbate, right? There's just this thing building up in them, and they've just never learned how to, I, I don't know, like get a therapist or something. They can't afford a therapist, so they'll pay $60,000 a year to go to art school instead. Um, and then they get 
sucked into the art world, which is like really, really a bad place to be if you're not wealthy or if you don't have a strong support system. Um, or if you're just like not that bright, like it's just a difficult place to be and you'll find yourself scrambling for a career or you'll find yourself struggling to find meaning. Um, in anything other than art. In anything other than art. <laughs> Because you didn't take the time to learn it when you were young. No, I'd strongly advocate for those of you who study art who are like, damn, it's really hard for me to get a job. Like, spend the extra, like, $1,200 and get a trade skill. And then bring it back into the art world. Like, learn how to weld at, like, a professional level. Use that for your art. Also, use it to get a job that pays $25 an hour plus benefits. Like, what Like what the fuck are you doing, bro? Um I'm not going to be a boomer and say learn to program because that's just that's stupid <laughs> and fucking why are you going to compete with Okay. I'm getting off track, but I do want to say this since I brought it up. Learn to program is the dumbest meme about how to find a job in America ever because all of these software companies are hiring people from India and China who are better than you at it or cheaper and probably both. Learn how to weld, learn how to do something with carpentry, learn how to work on cars, learn how to do something that you can only do here in the U.S. or where you are, something that is a local skill because that's something that they can't really outsource for, that it, it would be not economically feasible for people who would make money outsourcing to do. That That's just, you know, so, I didn't mean to get on a riff, but I'm just saying, like... I mean, so this is a good segue to announce to everybody that we're going to change our uh we're gonna do a rebranding we're not gonna be art pros anymore we're gonna be the craft bros oh you stole my joke i was gonna say that (laughs) and we're we're gonna target a different market of uh people in the midwest pretty much people who watch forged in fire Ooh, so that's a great market yeah or or people who buy knives yeah not knives knivesmen oh my god i'm falling into it i'm gonna become a neck beard i'm transforming gauge yeah dude but if you make a good katana who cares how how scraggly your beard is out of wood look yeah i mean i'm I'm just on a tear i'm ripping i'm making stuff out of wood now um i'm not stopping my portraiture or painting or any any of my fine art skills but anyway i've decided to quit making art and become a curator oh well there you go that's a good <laughs> It's all it's, it's, it's all the plan. It's all the rage. It's what everyone wants to do, right? I'm gonna become a curator. I'm gonna be putting people together that have never been put together before. I am going to find <laughs> the Covington kid, the kid who who smiled too dangerously, hmm. and I'm gonna give him a fucking art show, and I'm gonna give it to him with Malcolm X. I have no idea what that means, which makes it perfect. Yeah, fine man. Art. I, I look, I, I'm just really sick of like putting all this effort into making objects, you know, that I then think aren't good enough and I don't show anybody. I want to take other people's objects from people who think that they are good enough and show them to everybody. And I, I you know, I, it just feels right because every other artist is a curator now too so i figure i might as well just hop on the ship right yeah no because uh being curator is easy right no nah, it's, it's, it's no <laughs> i've decided it's really difficult now i we had that whole episode on how easy it is to be a curator i i think it's super hard now i think it's extremely difficult hey so um either you're 
whoever's listening to this that is new to this podcast and you've made it this far, either you're lying or you've actually passed all three or four or five of the recent tests that Gage and I have presented to you. I'm talking to you. You know who you are. It's literally one person. <laughs> Hi, Bob. From all, <laughs> all ten of our listeners. No, we have way more than that. Trust me. Hi, Mom. <laughs> um... Go listen to the curator episode. Being curator isn't easy. It might sound like we're talking mad shit about fine art education, but it's not a waste of money or time if, if, if you got Chemical X. What gave the Powerpuff meow, Girls meow, meow, superpowers? Meow, meow. Yeah. And the Chemical X is the 100% pure trans fat saturated hustle. Oh, I thought it was BDE. That is a major component of the molecular structure of hustle. Oh, okay. Yeah, big dick energy for those of yeah. you who are unaware. BDE plus what what else is required for uh for chemical X, would you say? For that for that hustle. Chemical hustle chemical H. Mm-hmm. H is pretty much a weird looking X. Yeah. If you look at the letter structure. So I think um for hustle you need you need BDE. Mm-hmm. You need drugs. No, wait, that's a bad one. Um, well, I mean, no, not necessarily. I mean, if you, if you need Adderall, like, pop some Viagra all the time, or yeah, Cialis yeah. or something. Yeah. Nah, if for for you to have hustle, yeah, Renz, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make light of of your poignant opinion. Um, oh no, no, there's there's something to that. If you if you uh, peel back the colloquialism of what BDE is, BDE is pretty much uh, associated with some sort of confidence yeah. which unfortunately is also associated with masculinity even though every everybody can be confident oh i've know? met tons of women with bde yeah yeah, yeah. exactly my mom's yeah. got major bde that's what i'm saying right there um yeah like so hustle man yeah hustle's a big one it really it's kind of crazy you you'll see people that uh i'm an arrogant artist i'm a very special type of arrogant male artist where mm-hmm. i think that mm-hmm. my ideas are very important mm-hmm. hence having a podcast with a very humble man mm-hmm. well, um, not that humble but you know i saw a lot of people who i was like good luck bro <laughs> good luck friend uh good luck making it and they just fucking worked and now they're doing stuff that i wish i could be doing uh because they tried not necessarily like you know people that were almost in embarrassingly bad at things will work really hard and surprise you so and it's because they have hustle or rich parents or hustle here's the reality of what gage is talking about everyone i'm gonna make it very uh, complexly plain for everybody if you don't know the artist named cy twombly go ahead and look up that artist right now and let me know see why C-Y. T-W-O-M-B-L-Y. And this is a more popular, a little bit more popular to the common, uh, the layman, is uh, Keith Haring. Go look at their art, if you don't know. Uh, Basquate, a.k.a. Basquiat. That's what the knowledgeable people say and pronounce. Look at their art. You know, some people might see that and say, oh man, that's just, uh, my two-year-old can do that. What does that say? What does that say about the skill it takes to do? Our... So, here's another thing. 
To contrast that, let's say you are an amazing draftsman, right? Let's say you can draw the shit out of anything perfectly with a pencil. Let's say you could dip a Q-tip in ink and draw a perfect rendering of Michael Jackson's face, but you cannot make any fucking money because you're missing that X factor, chemical X. You're missing something. What are you what are you missing? How are you going to learn? How do you know what you're missing? How do you know? what is marketing? Marketing? Oh, Instagram, I have to post my stuff on Instagram to become successful. Marketing? Branding? What is So, skills, pure raw talent does not equal success in the art world. Once you get out of and finish your fine arts education, mind you, you're learning about creativity. You're learning how to be skilled think skilled but are you learning about real world shit are you learning about taxes are you learning about <laughs> business are you learning about where to go to make this money for your skill this this trade economy that we live in now that is weirdly adjusted towards this pretty much invisible currency we call credit cards and cash and whatever hey listen brother Get yourself a Facebook. <laughs> Go to Michael Jackson fan page. Post your shit. When it gets taken down, get yourself another Facebook. Post your shit. Get a website. Put your art on the website. Throw a PayPal on the website. If you put it in front of enough people, someone will buy it. Maybe we'll take our own advice one day and have a popping podcast. But for now, we're giving out this information for free on the DL because when we get that big, we'll have to charge. And see, here we are. You know, uh, we started off this current topic by addressing what the special ingredients will be in this special Chemical X. What ended up happening was that we named one ingredient, which <laughs> is fucking B BDE, which is inappropriately named, but still under easily understood. And we and then we lost our our uh, we got a little divergent off the topic. But listen, this is this is okay because uh, you are your own special and unique talented individual you know not, not everybody is going to be interested or even naturally skilled at that matter or talented in making finely rendered drawings you might be of michael jackson of michael jackson specifically you might be really good at uh performance art you might be really good at uh saxophone you might be a out of the box thinker you know that's up to you to decide what is your special ingredient that's why art makes that's what makes art unique and valuable. And so difficult to participate in. Yeah, it's a real it's weird. Yeah. It's like alchemy. But there's 7 billion people. Almost 8. Um, you'll yeah. find someone. You can find someone who will, who will like your shit. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Oh, it's tough. <laughs> Maybe. Listen, guys. 2020... Art Pro Season 2 is not going to be holding your hands. It's it's tough out there. Hey, you know, we've been talking about all the uh, possible new listeners. Um, and if you are a current listener, thank you very much for keeping in touch and 
listening, continuing to listen. Yeah, thanks, interns. Um, I hope you were entertained with this one. We're back. We're in action. Send feet pics. Yeah, this is all, you know, this is, uh, this gives me the vibe of the first day back at school, you know. Everyone's <laughs> excited. They get the, hey, you listen to that art pros, a new one? Yeah, you you're talking some crazy shit. What was that part where that that they deleted? I wonder what Ren said. Yeah, you don't want to know. Oh, you're gonna. I'd lose my job. You're gonna forget and leave it in. Yeah, no, I hope I don't. <laughs> I'm not gonna leave it. In. I'm gonna delete it right now. Oh, right. oh, well. Before I go, Gage got me a gift and I wanted to open it live on Pod. Oh yeah, here, yeah, yeah. Here we are at the end. You know, um, we had a busy a busy past three months. I'm, I hope everybody enjoyed our uh, Halloween episode and uh, the uh, Thanksgiving thanks- episode. Yeah, um, but December was crazy. You know, as an art pro, you gotta. You gotta make time for making art too. And here we go. I'm opening the. So if I could describe this, to everyone, it's a nice. Uh, looks like kind of like a nautical star. It's in a paper bag. Um, it might have been a bag from a gift that Gage got that he just upcycled. To God damn! How did you know immediately? Because there's tape on it. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that's all right. I do that all the time. Yeah. You got me a Baltimore. Actually, I like it sticker. Actually. I like this sticker. Um, <laughs> this is one of the better stickers in here. There's some nice wrapping material in here just to keep the sticker safe. It's a piece of plastic with, oh my God, inside is a, looks like a keychain. This is called an audio ASMR unboxing, everybody. I hope you can hear this nice um, hazardous, environmentally hazardous material I'm putting my hand in. Here we go. <laughs> it's not the Hulk. It's a, it's, it's a green baby. All right, it's a buff baby. <laughs> green like the Hulk with shorts like the Hulk. I, I might not, you know, obviously they couldn't make it the Hulk because that costs a lot of money, but it is uh, from somebody named Ron English. So it's a keychain from <laughs> Winwood Walls in Miami, which is a, which is a, it was pretty cool. It's like basically a mural museum. Oh yeah, dude. No, I gotta show you. Pi- well, after pod, I'll show you pictures of that mural because it's great. This looks like a Cyberman. Yeah, basically, it's from- definitely baby, but the Hulk. <laughs> He's got the ripped purple jeans and stuff. Um, so amusing. Now, nah, but Winwood Walls is like, they just put it up down there, but it's just they got all the all the most famous street artists you know in miami and some in the world and had them paint murals and now they're just there and they have a gift shop and i got it there from you yeah this is amazing i'm gonna post this on the instagram um uh only because i feel like shit that I didn't get gauge anything oh it's all good brother but uh, <laughs> here we go all right all right and looks like that's it make sure there's nothing weird in there you got a sticker, and I got a nice little green man, baby Hulk keychain, and a book. Oh, shit. What's the title, brother? It's called HAC, The Art of Intelligence <laughs> by Henry A. Crumpton. <laughs> oh, fuck. This is exactly what I wanted. What? If you've never heard of uh, Henry A. Crumpton, neither have I. <laughs> but the title is... The art of intelligence. This is excellent. Honestly, I don't even need to read this because, you know, this is uh, might have been my pen name in a past life. But this is why this is such a special gift. It's amazing. I'm, I'm probably going to read it. 
Let's see here. You're going to read the whole book? All right, guys. Stay right. tuned for the next four episodes. It's going to be Ren's reading the first chapter of this yeah, book. Yeah, I mean, it's only, what, 313-ish pages? Like, it's kind of like a Joe Rogan-ish amount of time to it's be a, listening to something, right? It's a book about, the, like, the CIA and how they handle intelligence. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's, it's pretty... I only read a, a few pages, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm... If I sounded like I was making fun of the book, I am not. I am really intrigued by the title, and it is by the Penguin Press, which actually, I believe, they spend an appropriate amount of money on the quality of their books and binding. I'm very impressed by Penguin Press books. The Craft. See that? I brought that back full circle. That's called, it's called pod professionalism. Oh, <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. Yeah. Have a happy holidays. Yeah, so Gage is going to sign out, but stay tuned because I'm going to be reading this book. Just kidding. <laughs> Fuck that. It's been it's been great, and I'm excited to be back. We'll be back uh, again next week with something with 15 minutes of research. I'm very excited. I think we're going to talk about how to prevent World War Three, or maybe which shoes are the left ones. Who knows? <laughs> oh, uh, one more thing. If you want to know what I said that i deleted you just donate a couple hundred bucks to our patreon i'll, I'll tell you yeah if you really donate enough that rents could quit his job yeah it's really embarrassing okay bye bye <laughs>